0: Welcome to the Executive Connect Podcast, a show for the new generation of leaders. Join
1: Melissa Arskog as she speaks to a wide variety of guests that bring new insights into
0: leadership, prosperity, and personal growth. While no one has all the answers, by building a community of open-minded and engaged leaders, we hope to
1: give you the tools you need to help you find your own path to success. Welcome to the Executive Connect Podcast. I'm so excited to have my friend Nadine Hall and fellow executive leader with over 25 years of P&L experience managing some of the biggest and most iconic brands like Hanes, Champions, Polo Ralph Lauren, DKNY, and several others. She has navigated various distribution channels with some of the top retailers like Walmart, Target, Amazon, Macy's, both internationally and domestically. She's here to talk to us today about leadership. Welcome, Nadine.
0: Well, thank you, Melissa. It's a real pleasure to be with you and I appreciate the kind introduction today.
1: So I'm just gonna jump right into it like I normally do. Good. Clearly, you're a branding expert for what some would probably consider products that are hard to differentiate. What's your approach to differentiating the products you're positioning, and how can these principles be applied to leaders looking to stand out and position themselves favorably in corporate America?
0: Yeah, it's a it's a great question. Well, what we would say is that um, there's a real you need to find a place of differentiation in the market that is driven by consumer insights. So what do consumers want from their products? What solutions are they looking for? And then you innovate the products to deliver those benefits and communicate it in a compelling way, both in the store or online or in advertising. We think about personal branding. A lot of the things can continue in that same vein. So it's a continuation of that theme. So we think about, as we start to think about a personal branding statement, think about career interests. Think about um, targeted roles you'd like. Think about your current role and things you're good at doing. So we might say that there's a phrase that would say, I am this. I am a sales leader. And then you would talk about in what, in what case who you deliver certain sales goals or you've Increase sales in new channels, or you've gotten new customers on board. And then you think about what things are you known for? I'm known for my ability to do what? To grow business in difficult times, to make uh, categories exciting to retail partners, those kinds of things. And lastly, you might think about what is my superpower? What are some things I'm really, really enjoy doing? I'm good at doing. And a tip there is to ask some people who have worked with you in the past and known you over time, because often they can tell you what your superpower is, even though maybe you've missed it. So it's another tip for trying to figure that that one out.
1: I love it. Sounds like we need to own it more and use words like I and... Your, your superpower, that's such an important thing. Like, what are you great at? As someone that is very experienced in leadership roles, what do you consider the most critical skill or maybe mindset trait for a successful leader in, this, in the world today?
0: Yeah, I think um, part of it is a sense of um, continuous learning. So that just approach of continuously learning and continuously upgrading your abilities. Um, Thinking about questions that you can have that will help you understand other people and their businesses or their situations. So kind of what is your end goal? What is the thing you're trying to accomplish in your business or in your life? What are three top imperatives? So if nothing else happens, what three things have to happen? And then the last, what are your top three challenges? What is your biggest problem? What are you trying to solve? Because often if we can solve that problem for someone else, then you get on board and you start thinking about other things you can work on together and how that can progress. The other thing I'd say is also listening, to to develop a skill of listening with a desire and a purpose of understanding others, what their goals and motivations are, what their challenges in their work that they're trying to accomplish, um, and what their general approach is, what their thoughts are. Uh, And that way you really have a sense of what the person is really about, but also what the business situation is. And it's much easier to find sort of a place where you can work together towards a solution.
1: I love the one listening, actively listening. I I forget the saying that goes, listen to understand, not listen to respond. I think most people listen to respond and we're not really hearing what other people are saying clearly. And so I think I would agree a lot of times what people are trying to say and what they're really saying is misunderstood a lot of time as we navigate complex workforce um, and the world we live in today on teams and yeah. the way we are as far as wanting things yesterday and now and not patient. And so I, I, I myself constantly work on the listening, uh, cause I would agree it's one of the, the most difficult things these days with so many dynamic things going on.
0: Right, it's a great point. Was it, it is hard because there's so much coming at us all the time, and we we do process information very quickly. A thing that has helped me is to say, um, I'd like to share what I think. I think I heard you say, so you can help make sure that I've I've understood you, and then kind of cover the key points. And so they're invited in to help you make sure that you're clear on everything. So that sense of, I'd love to just summarize what I, I think I heard you say is a great way of kind of keeping the dialogue open and learning more and making sure that you sort of, you have it, you're clear.
1: Yeah. So like telephoning it back, right? Because yeah. yeah. you know I've, I've heard sometimes where I'll say something, it comes back around. I'm like, wait, that's not what I meant. That's not what I said. That's not how I said it. So Actively practicing, repeating what you heard to make sure it was indeed uh, what you heard. That's really great advice um, that I love. What would you consider the defining factors that encourage you to navigate your career and the different roles you've taken in the apparel business?
0: yeah I'll, i think i'll cover um since the time i started with sarah lee corporation then you know we were spun off to haynes brand so i'll i'll cover kind of the key junctures there Um, that was after i had my mba so i would consider that's more um more clear kind of career journey at that point. So the first was um, I joined Sara Lee Corporation, Haynes Hosiery, because I felt like I learned a tremendous amount about business, about consumer marketing, and about customers. And so I thought it was a great place to begin. In those days, they had fantastic training and mentoring, both informally and formally. And the um, executives I met during the interview process were incredibly um, impressive in every way. And they liked to teach, kind of teach and mentor people. So that was the place I started. And then I had an opportunity to, um, to make a change over to a leadership role years later, Um, that was a lateral. And what I determined was Haynes Brands had, or say early in those days, had a lot of businesses in the mass channel, so Walmart and Target. And I realized then I had never worked on those businesses. So I thought to myself, you know, I'm not going to even be considered for some of these roles where you have to know those customers really well. Even though I wasn't in sales directly, it was part of the kind of teamwork we had for trying to present solutions to customers. So I took a lateral move back into the hosiery business, and it was great. I knew the product and I knew a lot of the people who were still there, but I just was able to learn those mass customers. And that made me have a chance. I was asked to lead the C9 by Champion business, which was our Champion um, product line at Target exclusively. Uh, and so I probably wouldn't have been in line for that, but uh, we had the same senior executive on the target side for both businesses. That was a great business as a, a huge team effort. We grew it from about 50 million at retail to over a billion dollars in annualized retail sales. So a huge team effort, a, a wonderful group of people who worked on that. And then I had the opportunity, I was asked to come back to the innerwear side of the business. So underwear and socks, and lead those businesses. And those are some of the largest businesses that Haynes had um, and very much um, profitable businesses. So that was a chance to really grow there and understand the full P&L, a broader view of the supply chain and how our business fit into the, to the total company. And most recently, one of my roles was in the men's business. We had a portfolio in men's underwear and sleepwear of of key brands. So Hanes, Champion, and Licensed Polo Business. Um, and that was really an opportunity to think about the portfolio of brands we had and how could we sort of get to every consumer across the board, given a mix of those brands and a mix of retail channels and including our own stores um, and sites. So um, it's sort of a, a kind of a... Um, a focused view on continuing to expand learning, thinking about what I didn't know and how I could have that um, knowledge. And also I've been very um, lucky to have had a number of mentors who've been thinking with me a long time about what are the things that you're gonna need to learn and know to continue to advance and to grow.
1: I love it. And it sounds like you pushed yourself out of your comfort zone constantly. It sounds like you had, You know, I I hear a lot of times this, I forget the saying that if a woman has, doesn't have 80 or more percent of the skills, they won't apply for the job or take the challenge, you know, and it sounds like every time you, you knew you had some of the knowledge, but you had some growth to do. And so you kind of pushed yourself out of your boundary and asked for help. And had it sounded like you also had champions that were pulling mm-hmm. you along and supporting you and working with you and um, really mentoring you, it sounds like as well in these roles. And yeah. I would always say like Target to me and Walmart are like big leagues, right? They're like the big leagues. And Fantastic. it's a total different supply chain than mm-hmm. like the local mom and pop, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. just the size and scale. And um, certainly if I think about businesses like C9 or some of the, there was a huge at Target and also men's underwear at Walmart, You know, these are large scale businesses and the supply chain has to be very robust and our demand and supply planning. So how much are we gonna sell of what and when does it need to be here? That has to be very carefully. Coordinated, but um, but it was a great opportunity to really do some some terrific things, hopefully for our customers, but also um, for consumers too. So you're right. A um, like mentoring and and the support of um, and advocacy in some cases for by others has been um, something I've been very grateful for. And there's been a lot of it. And the other thing that's interesting is that uh, mentors sometimes come from unusual places. I heard someone say that years ago who he ended up to be um, CEO of a company and he said across his career, he sort of traced his entire career and he said, you know, I had mentors who were in totally different functional areas, very much senior to me. Um, I didn't even think they knew me at all. And he said they would take an interest and he said, I, I always just sort of appreciated that and tried to gracefully accept whatever help or coaching they were giving. He said, some of those people became some of my largest advocates because they saw in me, you know, uh, a partner in marketing who was really appreciated by someone who is a very senior executive, for example, in sales or in supply chain, that they saw something. And this person was quite exceptional for sure, but, but thinking about... You know, if someone sees, sees something in you and they want to help or support, it's, it's wonderful to just graciously accept the, the help and support and, and to, um, to have that kind of breadth. Because those folks are, are um, remarkable in what they know, uh, both about leadership, but also about their functional disciplines.
1: Yeah, it sounds like you've had to like pivot the ship a few times, right? You know, mm-hmm. we were going down one direction and the team was executing a strategy and with the rebranding and changes you've had to really pivot mm-hmm. teams of people and strategy and which is not really easy these days to pivot and change. So how did you how did you handle that? landscape and from a leadership perspective and mm-hmm. and really give your team confidence in the changes. Um, I know now there's a lot of change going on in our world. And um, I think that now it's more important than ever to be adaptable to change and open to change. Mm-hmm. And you kind of touched on it as well. You had champions internally that were teaching you things. So what do you think from for aspiring professionals and leadership roles mm-hmm. um, any any feedback or suggestions for them when they're you know maybe their landscape is constantly changing or pivoting um or reorging
0: yeah there's there's probably a couple of things um is to think uh kind of think constantly and be open to new opportunities think about um what, where, how you could potentially a, uh, attack a problem or address an issue in a, in a new way. Um, and also think about um, a broad view of the data, looking at all the data that you have on the performance of the business, what all the details are, getting into a great level of depth and understanding, um, and talking to the team about ideas they have, what they think is really the central problem, what they think are opportunities, and then communicating that in a simple way and having a plan that is both strategic in nature but simple in execution as much as possible. Uh, and then making sure there are different folks who are leading each part of that. Um, I also think there's a lot to um, seeing the bigger purpose of what we're doing. So some might, might say we're in the active apparel, sports bra business, or we're in the men's underwear business, but we would say, you know, we're in a place where we're trying to delight consumers with our products, meet their needs for solutions they want, and provide those products at prices that pretty much everybody can afford. Um, and find in retail locations that are easily accessible. Certainly now with the internet, but back years ago, it was just trying to get product distributed broadly. Um, So we would say that as well as we always took our position in the communities in which we did business very seriously. So we had a number of, uh, at Haynes Brands, a number of medical missions to other parts of the world where we had facilities or we built schools in certain other locales or when there were um, kind of difficult human tragedies or unexpected disasters, we would provide product or water or whatever was needed. So those things really um, sort of. I guess, put a different sort of view on what, what our purpose is. It's a business purpose and delighting consumers and customers with solutions, but it's also serving the bigger um, community of humanity.
1: That's impressive. That's, um, you know, leading multi-billion dollar P&Ls is not, you know, a small task. It's you know, Herculean effort to move and position brands um, and across multiple lines. So you're hitting male, mm-hmm. female, age all the buckets and you know, it made me think um, you know, how do you balance that? So that's not an easy task, easy feat. How do you balance kind of that personal professional side with, you know, driving revenue for a, a large publicly traded company, right? They're expecting profit, profitability revenues increasing, branding getting stronger, better, absorbing more market share constantly, um, I mean, there's only so many pairs of underwear one can have, right? So, <laughs> or wear at one time, right? So how do you balance that personal, professional life day to day?
0: Yeah, I think um, one thing the professional side is um, having a lot of clarity about where you're going strategically or, or if nothing else, these things have to be accomplished in this way. And by this time frame, and then backing into what is the action plan to get there based on the data that you have, the performance of business today, the the characteristics of the business. So, and working at it um, with a fair amount of relentlessness or intensity, because you know, these we used to say you know, these are large businesses, and so if we make in a large business a mistake, it can be very large. And so part of it's just being very clear on what the facts are, where you are, you know, where you're going and what is the path to get there and what's the backup plan if we don't, you know, if we struggle along the way, so how could we kind of recover the timeline or, or some of the um, investment we've made. Um, and then personally, I think the balance of the two is, is never, I think, an, a simple um, thing to do uh, overall. I would say generally, um, I've had a lot of, a lot of help and that, uh, that I think you know, you find friends or others or or partners, marriage marriage partners who are um, who are set up to to help and willing to help. And when you have to travel constantly, that they're there to help, which is great. My husband's been wonderful. Um, I think also you think about in in the there are often key priorities or key times where you really have to be physically and I'd say mentally present, and trying to make sure you. someone said to me, once the brain and the person stays with the body, so when you're there and it's important to be with family or important to be at work, that in that setting, that you're there fully so that other parts of it are taken care of. Um, And I think the last thing is is just a bit of um, constant sort of reprioritizing of, you know, this was the schedule for today. But these other things can wait, and there's something more important, or it's going to take more time to do this, whatever it is, and just have to figure out a way. Um, I think also for me, one last thing is um, I had the blessing early in my career of a job I did not like. And so it was a huge blessing, although it didn't seem so at the time. Um, But that was a reminder of if you do things you really enjoy doing, it never feels like work, you know, cause you you run to it and you run from it, of course, just for family and other things, but it never feels like work. And the ability to constantly work at it or relentlessly go after something is much easier. Um, so I just remind everybody about that. The other thing is some people would say, well, you know, I like this part of the work, but less this. Well. Maybe over time, you could do more of the part that you like better. You think you're better at doing it. Um, and as well, I think some people say, well, I love my work, but I have a, you know, my work is very much like, uh, in the area of, um, technology or finance or engineering, but I have this creative side. Well, in hobbies, you can pick something that lets you explore your creative side so that you can continue on, um, in your career. And so the balance becomes there in that way.
1: I love it. So many really good nuggets in that. I think the first one I heard was you are not only leading a team, but you're leading yourself, right? You're leading yourself through your day to day. And you get through your day and you're like, okay, I was supposed to get these things done. I didn't. So we're going to pivot to this maybe the next day. And then giving yourself grace, right? It's one thing to say, oh, I didn't get my 20 things done. That's it. I got to work late. And exhaust myself and get it all done. But I think what I heard was leading yourself. um, Mm -hmm. And I guess the flight attendants say it best, right? You put your mask on first so you can, you know, put your kids masks on. And and, uh, so playing that in your head, right? So you lead yourself, pivot, give yourself grace and realize, We're all not yet a chat GPT AI bot. So we're just humans trying to figure it out on this earth for now. Right.
0: It's so true. And I think you put it beautifully. Melissa, I love what you said about, about thinking about, you know, kind of giving yourself a chance, like, well, tomorrow we're going to hit this harder or we're going to reallocate time, or I'm going to ask some other people to help me so we can kind of crest the hill. I think um, part of it is the sense of like, we're working to be better at what we're doing all the time. So we're not worried about something didn't work or we weren't as good as we wanted to be. Well, we're just working to be better all the time. I think is a big thing. And I think um, you know the, the other piece of it is that whatever we do, we just work on being our best at doing that. Right? We're just we're just trying to give everything we do our very best. Um, and it's not always possible, but I think the goal is you know I'm going to try and do my very best wherever I am. So. I often say to people who are more junior in their career like if you want to be at this other level at some point in your career then just do the best you can in whatever you're doing right now because often also people think uh how we do small things is how we do big things you know and so right. it, those small things seemingly small things are assigned both to ourselves and to others of like how what is our approach how do we think about things how do we execute things? How do we plan things? How do we approach things strategically? So part of it's saying, I'm going to do the very best I can at whatever I have in front of me to do, whatever my assignment, so to speak, is I'm going to do do it with the best of my ability. And um, and you also find that way, you tend to find you learn a lot that way, learn a lot about yourself, but you also end up in a place where you have more opportunities to do different things. Cause people see you as like, boy, she could figure that out. Or she asked for help when she was trying to think about this, or she had a new approach and just went after it until we could make it work. So, um, things like that sometimes, you know, the success of one thing breeds, breeds to another.
1: And I love that. And the other thing I always think too, is, um, doing things to the best of your abilities. And if, and when you make a mistake, mm-hmm. it's okay. As a, I'm a personally a recovering perfectionist. And I realized sometimes my biggest mistakes were some of the best blessings in my life. And like you said, work really hard at it and, you know, not dwelling on it, get it across the line. And then if you make a mistake, learn from it and mm-hmm. ask for help or, Hey, I did this assignment. What do you think? You know, and asking feedback for people. And it doesn't have to be senior people, it could be sideline, downline, line, around line, your kids, your mom, whoever is your counsel. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said because we all are just trying to do our best job. And we all where we we all are where we are today with mm-hmm. what we have. And aspiring for these other roles is really, I love that you said it so great is um <clears throat> learning and keep trying to the best of your ability because it will show over time.
0: Yeah, it's it's really true. I love what you said about that sort of like we don't have to be perfect. In some cases, some things just have to be finished and completed, right? They just need to be completed by a certain time. Some... They need, they the timeline is, is you've got more time, but they have to be done with great precision or so other things are very complicated and you have to sort of create a new business model or think about something that the team's never done before. So you're gonna need a little more time and you are have to talk a lot together about, okay, here's where we wanna go. How do we have to work our way there? So I think those things are really, really important. And um, I think it, it, what you hit on a great thing, Lisa, which is feedback. And I think learning to ask for feedback and saying, you know, tell me about how you perceive that that session went. And they tell you about it and you say, What things do you think I, were, I was strongest at doing what things do you think I could improve, and, and how would you suggest I do that? So, learning to ask for feedback and to accept it graciously because you know, all feedback is a gift. And as someone said to me once, um, you know, we like at the holidays or our birthdays, we like some gifts more than others. So, feedback is a gift. We have to remind that and thank the person for helping us by giving us feedback that maybe we need to hear, um, as well as compliments and things of, of you know, really just do more of that. That is a great thing. So um, I think some of those basic things like accepting feedback, having a positive attitude, being prepared, working hard, those kinds of things really they make a difference over the long haul. They really do.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, as we embark on the end of the year, hard to believe we're at the end of the year. Uh I always think um you know, everybody sets goals, right? End of the year goals. Right. <laughs> and um, not be so hard on yourself, whether it's weight loss goals or this right. goal or that goal and, and realize that it takes time to get where we're going, wherever that goal is. It takes time and effort. And um, I just want to end just any final thoughts or maybe three key Leadership takeaways you've learned in your mega career um, that you can share with our leaders.
0: Uh, I think, um, like I, I said uh, previously, listening is a is a great um, skill to develop, and you'll be surprised when you when you talk to someone. And you say, "We came from this meeting. What what were your kind of key takeaways, or what did you think about this point?" People will will see things that you never would have seen. And it's just a wonderful way to get to know somebody. And then when you go back and you work with them on something else, you you have this understanding of them and how they view the world. And it's incredibly broadening and you realize, boy, the two of us sort of joined forces, we are gonna be unstoppable. So listening, I think is is critical with, like you said, within, a um, goal of understanding and then maybe sometimes repeating back to people I think I heard you say the following do you mind if I share share that with you so you can help me make sure um, the second thing is what I call back to basics a little bit about what we talked about earlier so so we're going to be positive enthusiastic we're open to learn we're um, we're doing making our best effort we show up on time ready to go those things, don't cost anything, don't take a lot of extra work or exceptional IQ, they're just the basics. And when when we get astray, sometimes we just get back to the basics, it really helps us. And the last thing I'd say is working well with other people, just figuring out a way, like, is there any bridge between us? Do we have anything in common? Do we have... Almost nothing in common, but we have this person has great skills that I don't have. Maybe that would be wonderful compliments of us working together, but just finding a way to do that. And in situations that are more sensitive or more difficult or in the business is especially challenging is finding a way to diffuse the situations, to put others at ease, to put everyone in a position where we're prepared to work together as a team and sort of be our best together, even if we're all struggling or it's a very difficult environment. So those kinds of things that diffuse attention and provide a platform of moving forward together really, really remarkable because you, you know, there there are tense moments in these businesses and things have to things have to happen that are very difficult. So um, being able to harness that group effort is is a big thing.
1: I love that. That's such good advice to be able to be likable. I forget who wrote that book, The Likability Factor, or maybe it was like Dale Carnegie or something like no. that. What? It's true. Working with culture, race, background, mm-hmm. ages, <clears throat> you know, working with different, the baby boomers do things different than Gen X. The, you know, people from Japan do business different than the people from yeah. the U S and being mindful that it, it's a cultural thing too. And it may not be you. It's just, their perspective of things. I love that. I'm actively working myself in that space. So that is great advice, Niji, and I appreciate that. Um, I want to thank you so much for being here. I love so many words of wisdom, so many nuggets. Um, How can the listeners connect with you? Is there a social channel that's best for you?
0: Yes, probably on LinkedIn. So if you put in LinkedIn, um, you know, LinkedIn.com and then in, and then it's Nadine Hall one, number one. So N-A-D-I-N-E and H-A-L-L. And then the number one.
1: I love it. Connect with Nadine. She's amazing. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining Executive Connect podcast. It's my
0: pleasure. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm humbled by the invitation to join you. It's just terrific to be with you today.
1: Thanks so much. Well, thank you for listening to Executive Connect and tune in to us again next
0: week. You've been listening to the
1: Executive Connect Podcast. If you have questions or ideas on how to bring leadership to the next level, email us at executiveconnectpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe so you can catch every new episode.
0: Until next time.